You're listening to The Devoted Podcast, where our desire is to be women devoted to the Word of God. We're so glad you're here, and we pray you'll be challenged and encouraged as we look to God's Word together. Hey, welcome to The Devoted Podcast. So, guys, I'm recording today on some kind of crazy hot Portland day. And I'm going to admit it. I'm the first to admit it. I am a big heat wimp when it comes to heat, for sure. I think Oregonians are pretty much a 70s too cold, 80s kind of pushing it. And when you get to 90, it just just feels flat out unreasonable. And we don't even really have much humidity here. I mean, so I know I have nothing to complain about. I have family that live in Texas, and they are the true heat heroes in my life. I have no idea how it's done. So, So it's toasty, ladies, today, but I am loving what I think the Lord has for us today in this podcast. I want to talk about fear. Yeah, I know. Really fun topic. I always pick the fun ones, don't I? But guys, we've got to talk about this one. And this is for me too. So back up a couple weeks, I was at an appointment with one of my boys and checking him in, getting, you know, whatever they need done. And the lady at the receptionist area, she needed me to sign a form. And so she cautiously hands me this basket of pins that were in individual baggies. Yeah, the pin was inside all these little baggies. And and I know, I, I get this. I know this isn't totally crazy. We are still in the eternal phase one of COVID lockdown in my county. So pretty much if a business wants to function, and I'm so glad that they can, they have to jump through a lot of hoops and safeguards to do it. So I'm not criticizing them at all. And I don't even want to get you know into that debate because my goodness, there's there's so much out there about the coronavirus, what's good, what's not good. And, and I know y'all get lots of that pretty much everywhere. And if you're like me, you just kind of need a giant break from all of that. But what was funny to me about that is that it just kind of hit me that we have been conditioned during this season to have sort of a layer of trepidation and sometimes just even fear over a pen or the coffee cup that's handed to us at the drive-in or the air around you, right? Or maybe the stranger that, you know, at one time you would have just smiled at across the hall, but now if they come within that six feet and you just kind of subconsciously, there's some sort of anxiety, maybe not because you're concerned, but maybe they're concerned and you're making them nervous. And it's just kind of this weird thing. I know you guys have, if you've even been in public at all, you've experienced this going down a grocery aisle and you're like, oh, wait, I did not follow the one-way arrow. I've never once looked down at the grocery floor to see which direction I should go. So I'm sorry, again, not trying to be the horrible person in the grocery store, but I truly don't don't look at the floor. And so then every time I see that I've, I've clearly done it wrong. So but, you know, you know what I'm talking about? There's just so much of this anxiety and fear that sort of surrounding just used to be what was every day, just things you just never even gave a second thought to. And now there's just kind of this little coating of even if it's not all out fear, it might be some anxiety or a little bit, but but left alone, I think it it's starting to put its little tentacles in things that in just everyday things that we didn't consider that before. Now, full disclosure, I am not a big germaphobe. So 
my family listens to this, they will laugh at this because they're like, that is the understatement of the year. I'm notorious for not paying attention to expiration dates. They really think something's wrong with me. I think it might be a byproduct of growing up on a ranch in Wyoming with dirt and animals and who knows what. So to be fair, I am probably far more cavalier about some of this, but that doesn't mean that I don't want to be caring and respectful to the folks that have different concerns and, you know, opinions about this whole thing. If there's anything that we probably could all use, it's a resurgence of just being okay when someone disagrees with us. And again, like I said, a lot of times these lines, these things I say are said for my benefit. We need to be okay when somebody disagrees with us. That's cool. But my pen incident sort of opened my eyes to the fact that fear is starting to put its stakes in right now. And sometimes, like I said, maybe it's subtle. But other times, this can somersault into just a almost a crippling type fear. And I was thinking about this from a few different camps, and I want to talk through those with you. So first, what is fear? Can we distinguish between fear and being afraid of something? At the end of this, I want to circle back to all of this for the unbeliever. But first, if you are a believer in Jesus Christ, you believe he died for your sins, rose again, and he saved you from eternity in hell. Here's the question for us, for you, for me. Is there something we should fear? And is fear ever okay? So scripture has some things to tell us about this in Proverbs 1.7. It says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. So what is this kind of fear? You know, that kind of fear, the fear of the Lord. And, you know, when I look up the dictionary definition of fear, I don't know why this strikes me as odd, but it, to me, I sort of wonder where these definitions, like how they all came together. Because one definition of fear is a distressing emotion aroused by impending danger, evil, pain, etc., so this is whether the threat is real or imagined, whichever, but that that's that kind of fear. But then you come down a couple definitions in, in fear, and it says that it's, it's a reverence or an awe. So I don't know, in some way, I get what we do as people that are trying to bring language together, because there is sort of this underlying current, I suppose, in both of those things. But the fear... The first kind of fear, the distressing emotion, you know, the one that's definitely driven by emotion, right? And it's what, like, did you notice it says whether the threat is real or imagined, okay? So Because we can be fearful about lots of things. But then that second one is, is the reverence and the awe. And, and yet, these are the same word that we use for, we use fear for both of these types of meanings. So they're different, but at the same time, yes, there is sort of this apprehension and uneasiness in both, but the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. So that fear of the Lord, this is the thing we are instructed that we are to fear. But I don't think, you know, this isn't the fear that was in that first definition of being scared or the emotional type of response. This is the one that is the reverence, the awe of God. And why do we have that reverence, that awe of God? And, and here's a verse, I, I'm going to read a couple to you here, but here's a verse that always slowed me way down, okay? So it's in Philippians 2, 12 and 13, and it says, Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Okay, 
Okay, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Use that word fear. Now, this is not the word fear as in the emotion definition, the one that we're scared of this, but this is that reverence and that awe, okay? And this verse troubled me, I remember, when I was younger. Why do I need to work my salvation out with fear and trembling? Like, that sounds really scary, and and then the emotion does kick in. And then I think, let's read a verse here in Matthew, because there is a little bit of this where Matthew sort of gives us a reason for why there is that I'm scared emotion. But let's try to separate that a little bit and let's keep the perspective of the the reverence and the awe piece. But in Matthew 10, 28, it says, and do not be afraid of those who can kill the body, but are not able to kill the soul, but instead be afraid of the one who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. If that isn't one heavy verse, I don't know what is. And truly, if there is a verse that does make you pause with a little bit more of that afraid motion, then that would be it. So why did I just go there? Okay, why did I just go with that? Well, first of all, it's in the Bible. So if it's there, it's worth looking at, knowing, and submitting to. The end. Okay, but two, that is what we fear in awe, in reverence, but the only one who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell, that's the one that is to be feared. And sort of it's it's a perspective piece, right? You know, we can be fearful about things and not putting them in the perspective that they need to be there. So with this one, what I love about Matthew 10, 28, while that is a, a scary passage, it is pointed. It's very clear, okay? It's pointing out that we should not be afraid of those who kill the body but are not able to kill the soul. So all of the other things that we can be fearful of, if they're not God, because God is the only one who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell, if it's not that, then that isn't, that isn't something we should be fearful of. So now reading that, we see there is really... We, you know, we see that this is just God alone that we should be fearing. So then I guess the question that I have for you and for me is, what am I afraid of right now? Am I afraid of getting a virus and dying? Okay, scripture's got things about that too for us, right? Hebrews 9, 27 tells us that it is appointed once for man to die. Okay, that appointment is made, guys. It's made. It's done. And that's one that gets us all twisted up. If you've lost someone, I've talked about this before, even when I did my episode on grief, that there's times and seasons that the Lord has appointed for us. We can't change those. He has made that appointment. So death is not a bad day for us. I mean, in fact, if you are a Christian, if you are a believer in Jesus, it's the best day. And I think sometimes there's different seasons in our walk. I remember being in high school and going, uh, I, don't, I don't really know, I, you know, and having that fear of, of death and of dying. Or, But the longer you walk with the Lord, the longer you spend time plugging away in his word, you just start to see, guys, and you start to really latch onto those scriptures and you start to really realize that, man, the day that we get to go and be with Jesus, that is the best day. It is the best day. Hebrews 9.27, that's our appointment. Maybe it's financial fears, okay? And again, 
the Bible has an answer for us in that too. Luke 12, 22 and 23, it says, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat, nor about your body, what you will put on, for life is more than food and the body more than clothing. And then, you know, later it goes on in that passage to describe that if he cares for flowers and the birds, how much more will he care for us? So we we don't have to fear about dying. There's lots of scriptures we could talk about where our eternal security can be found. So we don't need to talk about the here or be fearful about the here and now and like our daily provision, that kind of stuff. The Bible is clear that he will provide for us and care for us. But, you know, maybe it's not even your own welfare. Maybe the thing that right now, if you're real honest and you're saying, what am I fearful of? Maybe it's not you. Maybe it's family or your husband or kids or friends. And I think sometimes I've deceived myself many a time thinking that if I'm worried about those things, it's maybe a more worthy pursuit because it's it's actually about someone else's welfare and, and not selfish, you know, but that that doesn't work, you know. But let's be real, though. These types of fears can, you know, at first blush kind of masquerade as anxiety, which we try to tell ourselves is not as big a deal as fear. But Paul had something to tell us about that one, too, right? And in Philippians 4, 6, when he says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And I point this out often in scripture, whether it's all or, you know, whatever they're pointing out. But he's leaving nothing to the imagination here, though, because he's saying, don't be anxious about anything, like nothing. And I, I always find that actually kind of interesting, because if you look at who is writing this, this is Paul writing this. He did not have a rosy experience when he was writing this. And he's instructing us, he's encouraging us by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit to not be anxious about anything. And I think that I think that's powerful just coming from his own experience. But as the spirit is living through him, what he is encouraging us to do, don't be anxious about anything. But then he tells us what to do with it, everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving to let our requests be known to God. But these these things, these anxieties, you know, they can spiral into things that we just start to really fear. And I love how the Lord knew that we would struggle with things like this and that he knows us so well. He created us. He knows exactly how we work. And he would provide through his word sort of a coping mechanism for it. And here's where I see the prescription for that. It's just a couple verses later in Philippians. And in Philippians 4.8, Paul says, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and seen in me, Paul says, he then says, practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. So a couple things with this. That first of all, the first three words are pretty much likely to solve any fear and anxiety that you may have, right? Ask yourself, is it true? That was the first part of that verse. It says, whatever is true. There are so many things that we probably fall more into that definition of when I was reading the definition of fear where it says fear real or imagined. I can't put a percentage on it, but... I feel like the female mind in particular just has a tendency to find the worst possible scenario of all things. Pretty much you can read those first three words and 
come up with, is this thing that I am freaking out about right now, is it true? And if it's not, move on. What is true? We really spend a whole lot of time worrying and having fears around things we just don't know to be true. So what is true? And then I love that the rest of this list kind of gives us some things worth noting, you know, what is honorable, just, pure, lovely, commendable, excellent, anything praiseworthy. It says think on these things. But then I like at the end that it adds that little the part that says practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. Practice. Practice is a great word, right? Practice makes perfect. Did anybody's mom other than mine tell you that when you were playing piano or whatever you were doing? Practice makes perfect. It doesn't say that, you know, you're going to nail this right out of the gate, that, that you're going you're gonna to have that fear, that worry, that anxiety. You're going to say the things. You're going to think about the things in Philippians 4, 8 and check it off the list. You will never struggle with this again. See, clearly, like I said, the Lord knows. He knows us so well. And he knows that we're going to need to just practice these things. We're just going to need to keep practicing, keep practicing, keep saying Philippians 4, 8 over and over. We're going to need to keep practicing these things in order to conquer that, right? And it's just something that we'll just have to continue to just to keep working at. So I, I'm kind of thinking that Philippians 4, 8, it sort of sounds like the cure to COVID lockdown in some ways, right? I mean, we can't even know really what's true right now. There's so much conflicting information, but we know God's word is true. And the more time you spend in the word, the more you are going to take the fears that might be mounting about whatever the situation, where your kids are going to go to school. Are they going to stay home? Are they going to go to school? Will they get sick if they go to school? Will their teachers be okay? You know, or maybe it's family members that haven't been able to come out in forever because maybe they're immune compromised or whatever. Whatever the fears are, but spending more time, you know, taking those fears and then replacing them with God's words. And we've just read a couple of verses that can totally help us with that, that prescription for that worry. And, you know, on this, I just want to take a sec and address the, you know, all the you must read this book stuff right now. That, I, that, is, that cannot just be me. I mean, literally everywhere is like, oh, you've got to read this book. This book is life changing. This is and super well intentioned. Okay. But there is a lot right now. There's a lot of you must read this book. Okay. And again, I've said this before, and I'm not making, you know, a blanket statement to not ever read other things than the Bible. But I have to say, particularly in this climate that we are in right now, and maybe this is just me, but I almost feel like all these other voices are just adding to the confusion a little bit. And not even, it's, it's well-intended. You know, this is my experience, but I think Scripture backs this up when it tells us that it— Okay, it, the word of God, will never return void. And nothing else can really say that of itself, for sure. So I think this is always true, but right now, as everything feels particularly noisy and largely what so much of that noise is propagating is sowing seeds of fear. And I think it is particularly important to spend more time in the word right now. And I've actually, I have to say, I have been so encouraged by people that I've heard from, either that are listening to this podcast or other friends, even long distance that are saying, I am spending more time in the Word right now than I ever have before. And that is so encouraging to me because that is 
that's going to be where the truth is found. It's just not going to be in all these other sources. It's not going to be in anything I say. It's not going to be in anything you hear from somewhere else. It's truly, truly, truly going to be in the Word of God. So I just started another year through the Bible last week. Okay? It's always a good time. Weird, right? It's It was middle of July when I started it, I think. And like I've told y'all before, there's just no reason you have to start your annual reading plan on January 1st or whenever. There's all kinds of awesome times. I had a friend a couple of years ago, maybe it was even last year. See, all the dates run together. But she started it when school started. And so that it would run through a school season. And you can adjust them too, right? You can do a one year. You can do one that's just for the school year. You could do one. You could be really overzealous and you could bust out through the year in a summer, even if you wanted, depending on the time you've got. But it's just always a really good time to just dig in more. So if you are wanting, you want to read one of those books that are flying around the internet, you know, go for it. But I've always been telling y'all just be really discerning about those things. But for me, I've been kind of thinking, how can I put myself on kind of a two for one diet here? So for every minute I'm going to spend maybe reading some of these must reads, am I spending at least twice that in the word? Because I think that is what is going to help us to be discerning about the things that we hear and read, certainly about all the fears that are out there, because you're just going to be constantly pushing things through the filter of God's word. And that that is going to give so much more peace. It's going to bring you back to what Philippians 4, 8, and you're going to be practicing. But remember what it said at the end of that verse, and it said, and the God of peace will be with you. I love that. I love that. I think that is a really good recipe to help us through some of that. We know, you know, the word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword. That's what it says of itself. And I'm going to quote my wise friend, Jesse here. So if you're listening to this, yes, this is you. But she said to me, why use a butter knife when you have a sword? You know, why look to all of these other sources, which again, please don't misunderstand that everything is just terrible. I'm not saying that. But let's also acknowledge that compared to the word of God and the sword of the spirit, it's going to be a butter knife. So I just want to encourage you on that stuff. There's just so much of that flying around right now of all the things that you need to read. And I'm just telling you, stay on the word as much as you possibly can. So we've looked at what we should fear, okay? God only. God is the only thing that we should be fearing. And and kind of the difference in that fear, right? It's not necessarily the, the scary and certainly not the emotion-based type fear, but that fear, that awe, that reverence. And why awe and reverence? Back to that Matthew verse of... Because God is the only one that has the power to destroy body and soul. Okay, that's huge. So, but let's look at the reminders against the fear that we don't want. And just to clarify, that's everything that isn't God. So if it isn't God, then we should not be fearing it. Second Timothy 1, 6 through 7. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. It's pretty clear here, okay? So fear, here's what it's not, okay? This is fear does not equal. And that's what we looked at before. But then he gives us then what, that he didn't just leave us with nothing. He did give us a spirit of power, love, and self-control. Or in some translations, it says sound mind. And I love these three things. How many of 
the things that we have fear over are can be conquered by those three things right there. I mean, the first I love that, notice that it's his spirit that gives us these things. It's not us mustering up our own willpower or whatever that, that gives us his power. You know, if you feel powerless by all the things around you, well, honestly, that's a lie, right? Because we know that he has given us a spirit of power. And again, see the spiritual battle that's being waged with this. The enemy wants you to feel powerless. So, you know, and I'm going to go out of order here. So first, God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power, love, and self-control. Okay, so we do have a spirit of power. And I'm going to go, like I said, I'm going to go out of order just a smidge here to the self-control one, the sound mind. If you feel a little nuts right now by all of this, then you're not alone. But that isn't from the Lord either. He gives us a spirit of self-control. We can control what we allow to feed our fears. Okay, so if something is, is making us fearful, if that's a person or a news channel or social media, we can control that. You know, I, I put myself on a news fest a couple of days ago. Actually, my kids did because they said, Mom, you're you're kind of freaking out at the news. And if something is causing anxiety and fear, you can turn it off. Yeah, we can control what we allow for us to see and be exposed to. We can control that. But even with the with the exposure to that, he gives us a sound mind. He gives us a sound mind. And what does that look like? For me, that looks like seeing the crazy around you sometimes and verbally saying, Lord, you are in control. Just even saying it out loud, you are all-knowing, you are sovereign. And I, like I said, I probably, like I was talking to the TV and my kids were like, yeah, mom, that's a little weird. Saying some of these things even out loud because I need the reminder. I need to remind myself. I need to be speaking that truth that, Lord, you're in control. You know all things. None of this took you by surprise. You are sovereign. So that one is just, it's so important that I think it helps us. It's sort of that take this a step back, take a deep breath, remind us of that verse right there of we do not have a spirit of fear. So if something is just, you know, whatever it is, like I said, maybe it is education stuff that you're troubled about for your kids and what's coming up. Is that making you fearful? Read through Philippians 4, read through the whole thing. But, you know, especially those verses on focus on the things that are true. And what do you actually know? If there's things that we're fearful about for our kids, and I, I, I know I have a kiddo that's going to be a senior this year. And I've thought about, well, Lord, how is this all going to affect him? How is this going to affect his experience and his growing up and, you know, the, uh, the development experiences even that he would have as a, as a senior in, in high school or potentially a freshman in college, whatever those things look like. And again, you can hear it because you guys are probably doing the same types of things with other situations in your life of, well, what if, what if, will this be okay? Will this be okay? And then all of a sudden, as you, as you keep spiraling those things in your mind, you start realizing, man, what if I just spent the last 30 seconds, two minutes, an hour, a day, weeks, however long you've been kind of marinating on that thing and on the parts of it that's true that you even know. 
I mean, we've clearly learned during pandemic season that there is nothing that is certain. And look how quickly something can change. I mean, just because the challenges that we're facing here in July and August, this, oh goodness, this could look vastly different in two months. We can't do anything about that. We cannot worry about that. We can't be fearful about that. But that uncertainty for a lot of our personalities can be really challenging. And so that's I love. That's why I'm just loving these scriptures. That's why I said in this thing, I'm not sure sometimes if these things are because somebody really needs to hear this stuff, or if the Lord was just really speaking this to me to remind me of these passages of the Spirit that He's given us. And I love that reminder, like I said earlier, that it is His Spirit that He's given us because often. I really want to say that this is, I need to muster up the strength and the energy to do this and all that stuff. Now, he does give us the admonition to practice. You know, he's practicing us to be disciplined in our thinking for sure. But then I love, you know, the, the in Timothy, it's reminding us that it's his spirit that's working these things out in us. So that last one in Second Timothy that I took out of order, so it was a spirit of power, love, and self-control, and I, and I skipped that love one, but I want to come back to that because this is the one that I think helps us circle back to when at the beginning I wanted to look at the, the camps of folks that, under, that are just kind of under fierce thumb right now. And we, we've spent most of this time talking about the us as believers and truly acknowledging that, man, we have nothing to fear. We need to fear God and the end. That's a real short conversation, honestly, when it comes down to it. But what about the unbeliever? First John 4.18, it says, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. And love was one of those that it set up in Second Timothy, that we have a spirit of power, love, and self-control. So, I mean, perfect love. Wow. I mean, my, my love is not perfect. So this is not talking about me. Clearly, this is talking about Christ's love here. And how are we doing on this one? How loving are we being right now? Are we loving those that we don't agree with? And I've been convicted by this one lately. As the Lord gave me that moment with my pen and the plastic bag, I realized that I'm not that troubled by the virus. And while, yes, I'm careful around elderly and compromised family members, all about washing my hands, I just, I don't consume myself with the things that are out there that could harm me. So that one, it's not as much of a temptation for me to be fearful and freaked out about. Lots of other things that these verses still speak to me on things that I need to not be fearful and all that. But the virus piece itself is not super fearful for me. And if you're a believer in Jesus, you find your mind, your emotions kind of being carried away by fear. You know, if that's where you're at, then, you know, I'd say, hang on, we've not been given to a spirit of fear. And we know that the only thing that we have to rightly place our fear in is the Lord, the fear of the Lord. But what about our friends and family members or even total strangers that do not know the Lord. And guys, his spirit it's is not in them. Can you even imagine? And I guess for me, it really opened my eyes with my pen moment to being compassionate for those that do not have the confidence that we have. And it really is, it is a confidence. It's, you know, it's a peace that passes all understanding, knowing that even in the midst of a really tumultuous time, 
that we know that he is in control. We know, like we said, that verse in Hebrews, that there's an appointed time. And we have that peace and we have that confidence. But man, if we do not, if we can get caught up in the fear of some of those pieces, and, you know, perhaps that's just very a, a very human emotion, for sure, that we have to work on and allow God's spirit to work in us. But man, if you're an unbeliever, I think it just opened my eyes to having a compassionate look at those folks. You know, even maybe perhaps the ones that, maybe they're the ones that are saying the like really angry things on social media. Maybe they're the ones that you've just kind of learned, I'm not even going to read their posts because I know where it's going. And maybe you shouldn't still, you know, maybe that's the place you're at. But at the same time, I just wonder sometimes if we don't need to have a compassion for those that just, they don't know the Lord. They do not have the confidence. And how crippling that fear must be if you do not have that trust and confidence in Jesus. So what can we do with this? You know, first, first I'd say, you know, check your own fears and emotions. And if your fear and anxiety is spiraling, you know, take that to the Lord and confess that. You know, Psalm 34, 4, it says, I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. What a sweet, succinct verse that just tells us to go to the Lord. It tells us he hears us and he's going to deliver us from all our fears. I love that. But maybe, you know, would we also, should we also be praying for those that you know, or maybe those that you don't know, if they don't know the Lord, if they don't know Jesus, and praying for those folks and sharing the confidence that we do not have to fear. You know, perhaps one of the biggest things that we can do for people that we don't know, maybe it is the person at the store, maybe it's the when you're going down the grocery aisle the wrong way, and you're really trying to smile with your eyes, maybe just pray for that person in the grocery aisle. No, you don't have to stop and put your hand on them. That would probably be coronavirus, you know, major infraction anyway. But just praying for people and having kind of that spirit as you do go out, I think it'll do a couple things. It will, first of all, because I don't know if you're like me, I am not enjoying going out. It's just really not very fun. But if we take that time to, when we are out, to just be really prayerful about the people that we do interact with, specifically praying that they would just know Jesus. And then, you know, hopefully that puts us in a place that our life and the way we're acting it out is not a hindrance to those who may see the confidence and the joy that we have. How come we're not freaked out? So if you're a Christian, don't be freaked out. Don't be freaked out because there's nothing that we have to fear. And when you do feel yourself like spiraling and going to that place that you don't want to go, you know, just keep in mind, you know, the enemy, he's using fear right now. He is using it. As we've talked about before in other podcasts where we've talked about spiritual warfare and things like that, he is using fear and it's taken some roots, guys. But let's take some time to pull some weeds here. Fear, it's a noxious weed in a beautiful garden and it has no place in our lives. Let's finish out with one more passage on this. I love Jeremiah 17, 7 and 8. And it says, blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord whose trust is the Lord. He is like a tree planted by water that sends out its roots by the stream and does not fear when heat comes for its leaves remain green and it is not anxious in the year of drought for it does not cease to bear fruit. 
boy, I love that verse. For, that's what I want to look like right now in this season. It says, blessed is the man, happy is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose, and whose trust is in the Lord. Doing those things, just that, it will even be happy. Imagine that during eternal phase one coronavirus lockdown, right? You'll be happy when you're trusting in the Lord. But then I love that next part where it's talking about not allowing a weed of fear and something that's just messing up our garden, but instead being like a tree that's planted by water. Remember, water is always a picture of the Word of God, watering ourselves with the Word, being in the Word, and it sends out its roots by the stream. And what is the product of that? It says it does not fear when the heat comes. Okay, we've got some heat. Well, I mentioned already that's like 90 crazy degrees outside. So not that kind of heat, but just meaning the heat, the trial, the affliction that sometimes we find ourselves in. But in this situation, when the man who trusts in the Lord and he is being watered by the word of God, he doesn't fear during these seasons. Instead, it says that his leaves remain green. So he's continuing to bear fruit. He's not anxious, even when it says, and not anxious, even in the year of drought. So look up Jeremiah when you're not driving in your car or wherever you are listening to this. Look up Jeremiah 17, 7, and 8 and memorize that. Because I think that is so encouraging and just kind of realigning us to where our focus needs to be during the season. Guys, I hope you're not getting caught up in fear when you do, because we all get there sometimes. But take that second, capture that thought, take that thought captive and go through Philippians 4. Read these passages in Jeremiah. And just be encouraged in the fact that we have nothing to fear. The Lord is with us. The Lord is so good. He is so faithful and steadfast, even when we are not. So check these verses out. Maybe commit some of these to memory. I hope you guys have a great week. I hope that you find yourself being in peace and with a smile on your face, living in the confidence that we have nothing to fear, even in this season. Have a great week. Thank you for tuning in to The Devoted Podcast. We are a ministry of Athey Creek Christian Fellowship in West Lynn, Oregon. For more resources, or if you need prayer or encouragement, send us an email at devotedpodcast at atheycreek.com.